Hello and welcome to the podcast for Christ Community Church in Oak Ridge, Tennessee. My name is Lee Younger. I'm one of the pastors here, and this is a message I gave on Sunday morning, January 21st, 2024, from the Gospel of Mark in chapter 1. Okay, in the four accounts of the life and the ministry, the death and the resurrection of Jesus, what we call the Gospels, there are 20 times that Jesus said two words. Words that were an invitation, they were a challenge, they were a pivot point if a person said yes. The words were, follow me. And what we're going to do for a while is look at those different times where Jesus said, follow me, and just kind of look at what does it mean? Like, what are the stakes in following Jesus? What does it take to do it? And when somebody decides to follow him, what happens? So today we are going to look at Mark chapter 1, if you want to follow along with in your copy of the scriptures, or I will just read it. Um, okay, Mark chapter 1, this is in verse 16, starting in verse 16. As Jesus walked beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. At once they left their nets and followed him. That's the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Okay, so um, real quick, this... If you don't know a couple of things about how the different Gospels work together, it looks like a very strange thing. It looks like Peter met Jesus, and Jesus immediately said to him, like, leave your job and follow me. And he's just like, great, sounds awesome. I don't know you at all, but that sounds perfectly reasonable and normal. And what's actually happening here is this is not the first time that Peter and Jesus met each other. It's not the first time that Andrew met Jesus. We looked at that actually last week in the Gospel of John in chapter 1. And between John chapter 1 and Mark chapter 1, there's probably at least a year that has gone by. So in John chapter 1, when Jesus meets Andrew and John, and then, um, and then Andrew goes and gets his brother Simon and brings him to Jesus, then they start hanging around him, they start observing his ministry, they hear him teach, they see him do all kinds of miraculous stuff. That, that goes on for months and months and months, maybe nine months or even a year, before this happens in Mark chapter 1. So they go around, do, Jesus does a lot of amazing things. There's a point at which they, they go down to, uh, you know, they're down in Judea when, when they first meet him. And then they're going around doing a bunch of stuff. At one point, Jesus talks to a woman at a well, and then he kind of sends them all home, and he goes back to Jerusalem. And then you have kind of John chapter 5 and stuff like that. Mark skips all of that. When he opens his gospel... He goes to this point where Jesus actually starts recruiting these guys to follow him full time. They've been hanging out, they've seen a lot of stuff, but now he's going to call them to follow him full time. And he says this thing, he goes up to these guys, they're casting their nets, and Mark tells us they were fishermen, and Jesus comes up to them and says, follow me, and I will send you out to be fishers of people, fishers of men, fishers of human beings. And... You know, when you look at this, it's one of those things where I've, I've heard a lot of people say, and I guess I kind of thought it my, myself too, it's like, oh, well, the connection is they're fishermen, so Jesus says, so I'll make you like fishermen in ministry. 
Like, I'm just, in other words, I'm just going to take the thing that you're already gifted at and that you already do, and I'm going to make that Jesus-y. We're just going to sanctify the thing that you're already awesome at. And that's what your life in the kingdom of God is going to be like. Um, and I'm not so sure that that's exactly what ha what's happening. I mean, the idea would be like, okay, so I'm not a fisherman. And some of you in here are very good at that. That's really cool. I'm not good at that. I've, I've done it a fair amount in my life. I've never been that successful unless I was like with Joe or somebody. And so, but, um, but so what's my thing? And by the way, here's a question for all of us in the room, and this is a, an answer out loud question. Have you ever wondered what your place in the kingdom of God is? Like, as far as ministry, anybody? Does it, are you guys all got it figured out? Like, do you, do you ever look at other people who like, they have their perfect place where they serve Jesus, and you're thinking, well, that's obviously their thing. What's my thing? You guys feel this way? Um, like, how do I find it? How do I find the thing that Jesus made me to do? What does Jesus want from me? How is he going to use me? And if you look at this kind of formula, it's like, well, these guys were fishermen, so Jesus says, follow me and I'll make you fishers of people. So if I'm good at cooking, then do I just sanctify the cooking and cook for people in, in Jesus' name? Like, if I know cars, am I just changing oil and brakes in his name? Like, if I am good at computers and IT or, you know, wound care or landscaping or music or, you know, if you have a truck, you know, then... <laughs> In Jesus' name, you help everybody move? Is that what this is about? Um, first of all, yes. Like, if you're good at stuff, you should use that to help and bless people in the name of Jesus. Like, you obviously should. Like, if you have a truck, yeah, help people move. I mean, you know, my, my, I think most of us use Potsy's truck for stuff. It has a name, Mr. T, from, you know, his, his stepdad who he inherited the truck from. And what's funny, the funny thing on that is there's, I think the statute of limitations is passed, um, that when, when, before Mr. T passed away, he would never let Potsy use the truck to help people and bless people in ministry. And then he passed away and Potsy inherited the truck. And now the rule is the keys are in it. You can just go get it. If you need it, that truck belongs to the King of Kings. It always did. It's just that now the King gets to use it as much as he wants to. Amen. That's right. I always think of that when we sing, we have a worship song where we sing from uh, Revelation chapters 4 and 5, and part of the refrain in that song is that all wisdom and strength and power and wealth is going to belong to the Lamb. And I always think like every, everything belongs to him and he's going to get it all back. And Mr. T, the truck, is just one little example, but it's all going back to the king. He's going to get it all so yeah, if you have a truck, help. If you know how to cook, bless somebody with it. If you're, you know, if you know things about landscaping and wound care, whatever it is, like whatever you've got, use it to bless people in the name of Jesus, right? But this particular thing, I think there's something going on here, and I don't know that it's necessarily, you know, like Peter, and, and you're like, you're really great at fishing. So now I'm going to, and Andrew, I'm going to send you out to be fishers of people. I don't really know that that's what's going on here for a couple of reasons. One is, um, I don't know that Peter was very good at fishing. I don't know if you know this, but when you read through the Gospels, you cannot find one time that Peter caught a fish on his own. <laughs> Every time it says he was fishing, he comes up empty. The only fish 
that Peter ever catches in this book is after Jesus either somehow miraculously steps in and makes it happen. Put your nets on the other side of the boat. Boom! All the fish in, you know, filling up the nets. Um, At one point he says, take your line down to the water and the first fish you catch, you'll find enough money. It's like he can't fish, he can't pay his taxes, he can't do anything without Jesus. And so I don't know that it's necessarily, here's the thing you're good at, because I don't know that he was very good at it. Um, But for another thing, I was thinking about the way that these guys fished. It, was a, it, was, it wasn't like most of us experience fishing. It wasn't like recreational. It wasn't for fun. It wasn't for hanging out or anything like that. Their fishing was business. They just catch them, kill them, clean them, salt them, sell them. Every day. Catch them, kill them, clean them, salt them, sell them. And on the other side of that tr- uh, transaction, people would buy them, cook them, and eat them. That was it. And when I think about catch them, kill them, clean them, salt them, sell them, I'm like, what in the world does that have to do with ministry? Nothing. There's like absolutely no line that you could connect the dots to ministry in that. And it's like, what is Jesus saying here? Okay, I stole this idea from Tom, but one time Tom was showing us something in the scriptures and he said, if you didn't know how this verse was going to end and you covered it up with your thumb, and I was to read it to you, you would have no idea how the sentence was going to end. And I think that's true of Mark chapter 1, verse 16 and 17. If you were to cover up with your, and if you had not been raised in church or if you had never read the Gospels, if you were to cover this up and then I was to read to you, follow, come follow me, Jesus said, and how would you finish that sentence? I don't think anybody would have ever finished the sentence this way. And I will send you out to fish for people. I think it was a completely novel, completely unique, completely creative thing that Jesus just made up. He said this. Nobody had ever said anything like it. Nobody had ever even thought anything like it. He is saying a completely new idea. And my guess is, my thought is, this was intended to be a head scratcher. That he didn't expect Peter and Andrew to know what he even meant by it. I think he was saying something completely unique that nobody had ever said and nobody had ever even thought about before so that at a certain point they would be like, by the way, what does that mean? And he would say, exactly. Remember the first part of it? Follow me and find out. The point of this thing is not like, you are amazing at fishing, so just go do that, but with people. It's like, no, I'm going to say something. You're not going to know what it means. You're not going to know how to do it because the point of it is follow me and I'll show you what it means. Start to follow me and then we'll find out together what it means. These guys went fishing and catch them, kill them, clean them, salt them, sell them. But Jesus was different. Like, he didn't treat people that way. He didn't, people weren't faceless. He didn't put no thought into them. Jesus, like... More like people that know how to fish these days, like people that fish for fun and recreation. He knew where to find people. And he knew how to approach them. He knew when to be quiet and listen. He knew how to use his words to like set a hook. He was saying to Peter, saying to Andrew, if you follow me, I will make out of you something that no one has ever thought about before. 
Nobody's ever, nobody's ever done it, and nobody's ever thought it. If you will follow me, I will invent and create through you something completely unique in the history of the world to build the kingdom of God. Now, doesn't that sound exciting? That is a really cool idea. And Jesus was endlessly creative. If you look at Jesus and the way that he healed people and the way that he worked miracles, not only did he not heal anybody the same way twice, he didn't heal the same thing the same way twice. Everything he did was completely unique every time he did it. He was so unbelievably creative. And he didn't just use this picture of like, I'll send you out to fish for people. But he had all kinds of pictures about what building the kingdom of God would look like. In Matthew chapter 13, he said it's like farming. He said building the kingdom of God, it's like planting a crop that would grow. And he said, and, and among people, like, you're, like the, the word goes into hearts, like a seed goes into different kinds of soil. In Matthew chapter 9, he said it's not only like farming, it's like harvesting that thing that you planted and it has now grown. And different kind of people are like different kinds of plants. And the Lord of the harvest wants to send out workers into the field. And another place in Matthew chapter 13, he said, it's not just like planting a crop and harvesting the crop. He said it's like baking bread with that crop that you planted and then you harvested. In Luke chapter 15, he said that building the kingdom of God is like construction. He said it's like building a tower. Another place in Luke chapter 14, he said it's like war. He said it's like going into battle. In several places, he said it's like the wedding reception at a wedding. It's like, it's like planting, and it's like fishing, and it's like construction, and it's like going into battle, and it's like partying. Building the kingdom of God, what Jesus wants to do through us, it has work, and it has risk, and it has adventure, and it has fun, and it has skill, and it has teamwork, and he wants to use you to do something that he has never done through anybody else in the history of the world. I think we get caught up in looking at like, so what would it look like for me to be a fisher of people? No, no, no. That was Peter. That was Andrew. For you, it's going to be a completely different picture. It's going to be a completely unique and novel thing. It's a really interesting thing when it says um, in verse 17, come follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. It, it makes it sound like, you know, like, like this thing that we started with, like you're really good at this, so just grab your stuff and I'll send you out there and you can just go do it. But actually what Jesus said in the original language is not send you out. What he said was, come and follow me and I will make you to become a fisher of people. Well, that's a completely different thing. I'm going to make you become something that you're not. It's not that you're this awesome thing and I'm just going to sanctify that and use it in the kingdom. I'm actually going to make you to become something that you currently are not. That word make, it's the same word that we talk about um, from Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, where it says that we are his handiwork. It's the, the word in the original language where we get our word poem or poetry. He wants to write something, like writing a poem with you that he's never written in the history of the world. Do something with you that nobody's ever even thought of before. And you're like, well, okay, so there's 
all this adventure and there's this risk and skill and teamwork and Jesus wants to do something through me that he's never done before. What do I do? How do I find it? Well, you go back to where he started, which is follow me. That's where, that's where this whole thing starts, is follow me. When you start following me, then you'll find out what it looks like. I think that a lot of people, when they start to figure out what is it that I can contribute to the kingdom of God? We typically tend to think about our gifts, right? That's where we're going to start is, what am I good at? What is the thing that I can do? How can I bring that? Do you know, do you guys, have you guys done this before? Like, how can I just think through the thing that I'm awesome at, and then that's what I'll do in the kingdom of God? But I'm not sure that that's the best place to start with ministry, because if your ministry life was predicated on your gifts and your experience, then you already probably have a lot of answers, right? You already know what you're doing. You already have a lot of stuff figured out. And I don't know any of you that have been holding your amen in the chamber that have any experience with, with ministry. I'm just going to give you an, an, a, a layup. It's an easy opportunity to deploy that amen. But by, but. Anybody that's done ministry for a little while will tell you, you hardly ever know what you're doing. You hardly ever know which way is up and what the answer is. I think the place to find out where you're, like, how do I find out what Jesus wants to do in me? It's not what, it's, the question you ask isn't, what am I good at and what can I bring? The question is, are you willing to follow Jesus? That's where it starts. It's not about your gifts, because then you already know the answers. And you don't need to ask him anything. You already know, you already have experience, you already know what's up. No, it's, the question is not, what are you good at? The question is, are you willing to follow Jesus? Not you, not your gifts, not your wisdom, not your bright ideas, just him. Um, I was thinking about this week, just the life that, that Jesus has brought us into and and just kind of some ministry experiences that we've had, and probably the, the ministry experience that I have been a part of that I had no idea about whatsoever, more than any other one, was it has been prison ministry. And in prison ministry, what I can tell you is, it doesn't matter what your gifts are. It doesn't matter what your gifts are at all. It doesn't matter what your experience is. The only qualification that matters at all in prison ministry is, will you go? Will you show up there that to that place where nobody else really wants to go? Will you just go? And the stuff that I've been good at or the stuff that I've known has been way more useless in prison ministry than just being willing to go. And the only reason that I got involved in it is because Tom brought me and Potts to the county jail. And then he brought me and Christy to the county jail. And then... Janet started going to the county jail. And the only reason, and then we went, and then, you know, and then Nino and Thomas and Maddie and Cheryl and all of us started going to Morgan County Penitentiary with Tom. And the only reason Tom went was because Gail Lawrence took him. And Gail Lawrence has just this, she just had this huge heart of like, I'll go into the jail. That's the only qualification that matters in prison ministry is somebody that says, I'll go, I'll go into that thing. And we all got wrapped up in it because Gail went, went there. And the only qualification was, will you just follow Jesus? Okay, I'm almost done. I'm going to take my seat here in a second. 
But when you think about, okay, so what is the unique and amazing thing that Jesus wants to write a story with me in, in building his kingdom that maybe he's never even said before or nobody's ever even thought of before? I, like, how do I find that? I have no idea. But the only question that matters is, will you follow Jesus? And you're like, follow him where? Follow him into what? I don't even know what the ministry is yet. No, you don't. But you do know some things right now that he wants you to do to follow him. Right? Okay, without me filling in any blanks, I want you to just think of one thing you know Jesus wants you to do in following him. Don't, you don't even have to say it out loud. Just think about it. What is one thing that Jesus wants you to do? Let's just take a beat. It's possible that one of the first things that came into your mind came into your mind through his help a little bit. Is there... Is there a relationship that I need to make right? Is there somebody that I need to forgive? Is there something that I need to stop? Is there somebody that's wearing me out and Jesus wants me to pray for them? Jesus wants me to bless them. Is there something that, is there someone that needs my help and Jesus is putting it on my heart to help them? Is there something that Jesus wants me to give and he wants me to give it. That's where you start. I believe that Jesus wants to do something completely unique through every single one of us that maybe nobody's even ever thought of before. But the place it starts is, today, I'll forgive that person. Today, I'll give that thing. I'll bless that person. I'll make that relationship right. I will end that one relationship. I will do what Jesus is telling me to do. That's where we start. He said to, to Peter and to Andrew, if you'll follow me, I will make you to become something nobody's ever even thought of before. And it'll be an adventure. And there will be risk, and there will be teamwork, and there will be skill, and there will be fun, and it'll be, it'll be all kinds of crazy. It'll be cool and great and dangerous and hard, all, the, all those things. But it starts with, yes, Lord, I will follow you in this thing, in this relationship, in this moment. Yes, Lord, I will follow. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for this morning. Thank you for um, your amazing creativity and the way that you would build these pictures about how building the kingdom of God, that it could look like construction and it could look like fishing and it could look like going into battle and it could look like dancing at a party. And it could look like baking food. All of those pictures. And we, you want us to get in the sandbox and play on all of these things that you want to do in the world. All of these beautiful things. But it starts with following you. So give us a moment. I don't even want to say this week. I want to say today. Before the sun goes down, give us a moment where we search our hearts and we ask you and we find a place where you are asking us, will you follow me? Will you do the thing I'm asking you to do? And I believe that you will make us to become something the world has never seen. It's in your name we pray. Amen. What did you make me for?